0: Welcome to what should have been last week's um, podcast um, with uh, our, our guest James Doyle. Um, we are about to go live, a uh, quick introduction and safety as well. Uh, can you all make sure you've got light clothing on? Um, <laughs> I would suggest either Vali shorts or some sort of linen pants. Because once this guy comes on to this podcast the temperature in everyone's room is going to increase by at least four degrees okay so you've had this safety warning you should be ready with your valetudo shorts on we have got james Dial. <laughs> so we're just waiting for james to join he joined us. oh he's joined so yes. let's add him in here let's yes. get him so get him on
1: Yep, James is a BJJ purple belt, kickboxing black belt, pro MMA fighter, and he's a coach at SBG Bradford and Air Valley Martial Arts, and for the English MMA team.
0: And the prettiest guy you will ever meet. I can't wait to get this guy on. It feels like it's been such a long time. Hello, Danik. Are you ready? Here he is! Look at that! (laughs) He's got some Clark Kent thing going on right now. (laughs) Dang! When them glasses come off... People are getting dashed. (laughs) or put on their ass, in the dark, no, James, welcome, you, you're so pretty, how do you keep so pretty, you're gonna have to, I don't know where, just, uh, just say something for me, it's okay, it's okay, so we might need to just put this a little bit closer, so if you just move that, just so we can hear you James. No, it's a bit tinny, which for such a pretty guy doesn't really help. Um, so we'll we'll give it a go and see how it goes. Um,
1: well, we can hear him, so it's already better than last week.
0: You <laughs> stay connected for at least two minutes, which is wonderful. Okay, so James Doyle, how are you? How how are you? How are you dealing with this uh, lockdown? we're not we're not i I can run and skip and you know like i've got a cricket field over there where there's no cricket which is amazing and i I can have a gay old time over there if i really want (laughs) 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 oh he's just he's saying look how good looking he (laughs) is it is mr james he's really (laughs) mr (laughs) (laughs) she's cheek i'm pinching
1: so how's how is the knee doing
0: excellent oh that's that's really good man i know we we're a bit of a struggle just before and you know obviously now we can't go anywhere you were doing quite a, um quite a bit on the bike as well so that, that's really good so we're gonna go i know like this is a bit weird because we've known each other so long but we're, <laughs> we're, um reese done a really good sort of list of questions which we're going to go through and i think this will this will help you know um introduce you to the world i'm setting you free james <laughs> doyle i'm setting you free my pretty little sweetie <laughs> Do you want to ask the questions or?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. So if we just start with <laughs> how, <laughs> how and when did you get into martial arts, James? Okay, so into martial arts. I got into martial arts uh, about seven or
2: eight years old. Um, wow. Classes.
1: Oh, I think that must be the story for quite a lot of young lads. I think because my brother loved. I mean, he never followed it through, but karate was definitely the first thing he wanted to do. Definitely. Yeah. So um. So from karate, then how long did you do karate? What did you move on to?
2: So I did karate for about four years, and I got right up until like my brown belt, um, and then I kind of just decided I didn't want to train anymore. I actually trained with uh, a young lad who came to our class. And he'd done some tie boxing and in the sparring back then it may have changed now but in karate we couldn't kick below the waist and this lad is just low kick him in low kick him in we never worked on that or worked on the defense for it and afterwards i kind of said to the uh i said to the instructor look i need to learn and, and learn to defend that and he was like we don't do that which was the kind of the start of my frustration with that art at that point so when he said that i was like but it works that kid you know i couldn't walk for a couple of days and, and kind of my interest started to wane. and then I could see a couple of flaws in, in what we were doing and kind of came away from martial arts for a couple of years and then I, uh, I moved into kickboxing. Um, there was a, uh, a friend at school who was doing kickboxing and he told me about his coach and that ended up being a guy called Martin Fallon who I've kind of trained with uh, for a long time. Um, the the good fortune I had was Martin had done um, a lot of martial arts, he boxed as an amateur, as a young lad. Um, Martin had sort of worked in judo, worked in the traditional principles of, like, Japanese jiu-jitsu. And as well as developing his own kickboxing syllabus, which I kind of stayed under him and then developed into uh, one of his black belts. So that was the early stages of, like, mixed martial arts. I'm talking, like, maybe, like, 1999. Um, And we were kind of, without knowing, we were kind of working on, you know, mixed martial arts. We'd have a a kickboxing class on a Tuesday night at Martin's. Then we'd have a, a judo in the gig uh for those who give me grief not wearing the gear i started (laughs) it was judo and jiu-jitsu principles so we'd work on that and uh yeah that was kind of my introduction like i said i was really fortunate throughout everything i've done with martial arts i've had good coaches you know yourself included but then uh kind of you start hear about more of this mixed martial arts and of course at the time it wasn't even referred to you know you'll remember sped it wasn't referred to as mixed martial arts it was valley Tudo, nhb and I started looking at like, you know, trying to get hold of videotapes. I got hold of UFC 6, uh, which was Oleg Taktarov against uh, Tank Abbott in the final. Not not a great uh, not a great showcase of modern mixed martial arts, but it was, you know, the early days. And I also got hold of the Pride 21, I think it was videotape, which was Don Frye Ken Shamrock was the main event. Uh, but Carlos Newton fought Jose Pele uh, John's on that. And I kind of fell in love with the Carlos Newton style, you know, his jiu-jitsu and and how good he was. And, yeah, so that was kind of the early, early days. Um, I then started looking at mixed martial arts or classes that worked on that. And I kind of found um, a group of guys in Middleton who classed themselves as shoot fighters. It was very leg-lock orientated, no-gi, very anti-gi, actually, at the time. And I kind of went over to meet those guys. And they were... uh, super cool, there's only like three or four guys in there, I asked if I could come back next week and train, and they were like, yeah, super cool, <laughs> come back, Going back next week, uh, got my absolute ass handed to me, um, as I'm limping out, I'm like, am I okay to come back next week, and they were like, yeah, no problem, come back, and uh, just kind of stuck with those guys, stuck with a gentleman called Chris Collins, uh, stuck with Chris, uh, for like my first few fights, and you know, Chris helped coach me alongside uh, Martin Foley to like my, you know, my title and stuff. And then I heard about a guy called Mark Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> and it <Huh>? all changed. <laughs> <laughs> it went downhill from there. <laughs> the piss
0: taking
2: just increased
0: overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you have it easy. You walk in, you float those little eyelids <laughs> and, you know, snapping And, like, shit happens. This doesn't work for me. <laughs> I have to earn it. So You have to earn it. <laughs> So, yeah, um, so just you, you've answered a few of the questions, which is really good. And and I guess one of the things I'd, I'd say, it's really nice to see kind of Martin and Chris, you know, still, uh, you know, still working and, and, and still, you know, um, offering uh, martial arts in their areas as well. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, so how did we meet? <laughs> And before you do what do? St- did last week, can't you remember? Probably not, no. I get hit in the head a lot. You've got a good head kick. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say that, but no, I, um, you
2: know, back then, I mean, I'm not the most tech-savvy guy now, um, and I really wasn't then, but I kind of looked on the old UK forum, um, and I was just exploring classes in my area, and, you know, your name popped up a few times. Uh, Chris had mentioned you a few times that you'd cross paths with each other and train together and whatnot, and he'd mentioned other uh, other people but uh, it was you uh, fighting at Sprawl and Brawl, Neil Hall show yeah. in Batley! Batley, 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 not <laughs> area anyway. So yeah, so um, I thought you know it'd be a good chance to go along and see an MMA show in, in, in the local area because it's commonplace now for there to be gyms and shows and, um, and back then, there really wasn't that. I mean, like I say, originally at Chris's, we'd pull the mats out and we'd, you know, we'd wrestle we'd on like the five side football mats. And uh, it just, it, we, we didn't have the facilities, nor did we have the shows. You know, there was one up in the far north-east, Total Combat, and there was kind of like Cage Rage and that down in the south. And they were the only ones I really knew of. Uh, so there to be a show in our area and Neil, you know, to be a great coach, he knew it was going to be a good show and kind of went along to that. Uh, and I think you won with a triangle and you triangled the guy
0: yeah uh, John yeah,
2: yeah. so you triangled the guy and then afterwards I was like oh good to meet you kind of thing and I'd just I'd been emailing you and you'd kind of invite me over um, so I said look I'll get over and, and, and whatnot and I think my uh, my first night was at P-Fit came over to Friday night at P-Fit <laughs> it was sparring it was literally just like okay you want to train with us um, and yeah yeah just beat up. you were the only guy who then you were nice to me. Not so much now, but you were nice to me like, you beat me
0: up the least amount than, than anyone else. Everybody it's because you like a me. fine wine, James. With age, you just keep getting that little bit better and better. <laughs> I'm not. such it's resentment. So, <laughs> yeah, the the, the the Friday night pee fit sessions were pretty 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 awful, to be honest. I think, you know, we, um, we, we, we tell the guys kind of some of the stories, but I think when you were there, and, and just some of the battles and some of the, the stuff, like you look back now and it, it's not the right way of training. It's really not, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just remember just so much horribleness. Yeah. And you can look back now at fond, with a bit of fondness, can't you? Yeah, oh, but definitely, like, definitely, yeah. You know, one of the things that you, you used to tell me about, you know, being sat in the car, in the car park, and oh, yeah. you yeah, know, just, nice. just tell us that, because that, 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 that I think happened for a lot of people.
2: relatively unknown to the team. Um kinda of knew yourself because we corresponded a few times and I'd pulled up and I kinda of sit in the car park and I kind of be sat there like, Okay, let's go in. Let's go in. And, and I'd be trying to talk myself into just walking into the uh walking up the stairs. And I'd say three you know, three quarters, like seventy five percent of the time I'd actually come into class and there was sometimes where I just wow, Lord, I can't do this, you know and, and I'd drive home and just play <laughs> without even reading. No one had seen me, so I was all right. No one really knew what I was so I was okay. But, yeah, that was kind of my early introduction. And, that you know, guys were getting Iron and I'd never really seen that. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I might have got ironman even now with a new guy. And it was like, yeah, throw him in as well. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, like, so I shared that picture this week, like, you, myself, Waz, and Dave. And they were, like, the guys who, I, you know, kind of started training with and still train with now. But, yeah, yeah I remember the first time training with Dave. I hate, I hate him, I love Dave, I love Dave, I love Dave. So he's a good friend, but the first time I met him, because he's got a funny sense of humour, he's a very dry sense of humour, um, you don't know if he likes you or not, he uh, took me down, which he did with Ease throughout our time training together, and he got me in crucifix position, in a little black garbage of pro gloves and he ground and pounded me, so I tapped him, and he says, why did you tap, I was like, um, yeah, I can't get out of it, I'm in trouble.
0: He's like, oh, we
2: got tap and strikes and
0: just carried on hitting well. <laughs> Oh, yes, wow. Man. Yeah. So that was kind of the early days. Yeah, D- D- Dave, D- I love Dave to bits and, like, yeah. you know, Pitching. spent a lot of time with Dave and training with Dave and just hanging with him. But I think he is my mite and you have to just keep forcing it down your throat <laughs> for you to eventually <laughs> love it. There's, there's no easy way because you can't really read him you know there's not much he doesn't give much away does he um no. like you know that I, I, you know I've, I've spent so much time with him i just i think he's brilliant but i i remember i mean the amount of times i had people yeah. come up to me after the class where like people were concerned that 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 dave had hatred <laughs> towards them <laughs> and I had to, yeah so but like he, he does it in such a in in It's it's not psychopathic, but it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's you're getting beaten by like a super polite, well-spoken, you know, just just intelligent man, and it just doesn't make sense that he won't let you tap to strikes, (laughs) and he's just gonna make you stay there. But yeah, he uh he yeah, I love Dave. He's brilliant guy. So. After you started training with us and and, um, uh, and you were training at Neo Shoot and stuff like that, you, you actually went over to America as well, didn't you?
2: Yeah, I did, mate. Yeah, and that, that was because you. So we, we chatted about, you know, you'd explain to me the guys who go over to training in the States, which kind of blew my mind. Um, there were a few gyms at the time that I was really interested in going and visiting, and I kind of mentioned to you, Team Quest in Oregon was one of them. Um, and you said, you know, you'd been there, I think it was a year before. Uh, and you kind of explained who you trained with and, and your time out there and you kind of connected me just via email because there's no social media but you connected me via email with like coaches and kind of got to go out there for just under three weeks i think you were and have an amazing time um training with like you know matt Lindland. i say training with i kind of avoided matt Lindland because he just scared the life out of me you know? <laughs> a lot of the guys did but it was just after season one of the ultimate fighter just aired in the uk so uh, the guys who were on it, like Chris Lee Nate Nick Quarry, uh, all those guys who were on it were in the gym, and, and everyone was really nice, and got to meet Robert Follis, who was a coach. I know you trained with, spent time with, and had a large impact on you as well. You know, as far as when you were competing and, and as a coach.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, going over to Team Quest was uh, was interesting. It was it, it, it was good because they they had a, a, obviously quite a heavy wrestling base. Um, I think it, there was only sort of Chris, oh, what's his name, the kickboxing guy? Uh, Chris Wilson. Chris Wilson. I think he was like the main sort of striking guy there, weren't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But ev- everyone else, like obviously Leban, who, you know, and, and he's got kind of that striking style but his, his grappling is actually really really good and his wrestling is really really good so, good. so, so you, you were pretty much just wrestling all the time and that's one of the reasons I, I went over um yeah. to get a bit of time in working that because um, there was talk of uh, me and Paul Jenkins fighting for a British title on uh, Ultimate Force so that's that's why I went to uh, Ultimate Combat sorry. Um, so that's
2: why I went over there
0: you, uh, you met Matt Horwich didn't you?
2: Yeah, I met Matt Horace, he scared the life out of me. Yeah. He, uh, he's just, like totally one of the nicest guys I've ever met. But as class would be going on, he's, like, he's such an amazing jiu jitsu practitioner, and MMA fighter, you know. But he'd be really intense on the mat. Um, and he kind of caught me in an armbar when we were rolling. Like Chris Lieben was coaching the session. Um, my arms hyperextend, as a lot of my training partners know, my arms kind of bend the wrong way a little bit. Um, So I was able to get out of his armbar. And uh, Chris Lee kind of, you know, started ridiculing him, saying, "Oh, bridge guy knows how to grapple. He got out of your armbar, and then Corrish just bang, wax on a mean armbar." And yeah, my arm was sore after that. But he was really nice, super cool, you know, very very friendly. Um, he was just as I was leaving, he was flying to Minnesota to fight Travis Youth, who prior to that fought in the USc quite a bit. Uh, but he was, he was, yeah, there was some real cool characters. Uh, kind of didn't go out of my box really, as you know, that there was a road, like Stark Street, I think it was, and one side was the motel, and the other side was the gym, I literally went from one to the other, because I made the mistake on, maybe the second night, um, going to the Italian place or the uh, sushi restaurant, and everyone was like, you can't go out on a night, I'm like, why not, and they're like, yeah, gangs, and and this and that, so yeah, I'm just going to go to the supermarket on the daytime, shop, and, and gym, motel, and it ended up being good, because you
0: know my my training time was really intense there yeah the uh they should really give you a leaflet of summer when you when you turn up and just say don't go to any of these spots and it is literally like you've got the motel and it's a motel as well it's not a hotel which (laughs) believe it or not does make a significant difference Um, and then you've got a car lot uh sorry um, a car sales place and then the gym just behind it and that literally should be the two places that you visit in that area if you go anywhere other than those two (laughs) places you're in danger because i i went and got some mexican food and uh i I told i told I'm like oh what did you do last night i like oh i'm a bit tired from training so i went and grabbed some mexican food and you know and, and and brought it back to my room i was like well, where did you go and i told him I like no no that's a gang area <laughs> so like I, I, at the time i didn't really think about it but like i walked in all right now then i'll have three tacos <laughs> <laughs> pronto essay <laughs> I think they were just like I have no idea what's going on here. I don't know what language he's speaking. <laughs> just, just give him his tacos and let him go. <laughs> but yeah, it worked. It's a pretty, pretty crazy place. Um, but uh,
1: when was that then? What, what year was that? When so you both
0: went? I went 2003.
1: And when yeah, did you I went go? Early 2005.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh um, man. Okay. Just be interesting to know if it's how it is now. If it's it's not somewhere. there, is it?
0: So it's still there, but um, a lot
2: of the, so like Dan Henderson moved to Temecula, he's got his own uh, team quest there, and some of the guys, like one or two of the guys, are still actually there. Um, But yeah, a lot of like the fights, like Randy moved out of Vegas, yeah. Dan moved out to Temecula. Matt Linland's still kind of based out there.
0: Matt Linland is still kind of based out there. He he's one of the just this aura, one of the scariest men I've ever been around. Like Matt Horwich was scary until yeah. he kind of beat the shit out of you and then he was like oh he was okay guys yeah like Mickey Mouse isn't it it's just like yeah, yeah. you know he, he terrified me but Matt Linland like he he just meeting him first time and checking his hand he was just like this is not good you know, I'm gonna get the shit kicked out of me by this man He um, I took him down like I, I just shot him when we, when we sparred once and I, I managed to take him down and he beat the piss out of me <laughs> He beat the piss out of me for 10 minutes. He made me do two rounds and he just leathered me for 10 minutes. I, I, I've I, never, and he was saying with Matt Horwich, like, it was really weird, weren't it? Anytime you did one really positive thing, which you could think, right, oh, I'm, I'm getting this as part of my game, you would get yeah. punished. Like, I remember cracking Matt, Matt, um, Matt Horwich with a, um, a right hand and thinking, oh, that was that were all right, that was quite nice. I've not really hit anything with my right hand before. And, and he picked me up. He ran me to the yeah. other side of the room, he <laughs> threw me against the wall, then threw me down. Well, I, I kind of just hit the wall and slid down. <laughs> <laughs> He'd meet on Bellamy and he just beat the shit out of me. It was it were awful, really awful. And, and yeah, it just. It, and, and I think that, that kind of rightly or wrongly formulated kind of the Friday night at, at PFIT because. Yeah. you know there were a lot of sessions like that i remember the little boxing guy i can't remember his name oh, the boxing coach at team quest he ended up fighting on the uh, pacquiao uh undercard oh, no. oh, god i can't remember he he's passed he passed away quite a few years ago but like he it was me and him for one boxing session at 6am in the morning and he just went all right We'll, we'll just spar for an hour and he's a pro boxer and I, 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 we're awful <laughs> awful you know but um yeah so that's why we don't really tra- it sounds it sounds fun maybe some of the younger guys who are watching at the moment think yeah we want to do that you don't you don't your brain cells will melt out of your ears do you um, think
1: that gives you a different kind of endurance quality though from like what you guys have had to endure not not necessarily the right way of doing it but i mean you know, is that why you guys are still involved in the sport? Because you've seen it evolve and you've been through a lot of stuff.
2: I don't know. For myself personally, I I enjoy the sport. Yeah. Um, some of the some of the changes. I mean, it's still a relatively young sport, isn't it? You know, when you take it into into comparison with boxing and other other sports, but you know, some some of the changes have been massive. You know, they've been really positive, and some of them not so much. You know, there's aspects of it that I don't enjoy as much. Um, you know, but th- that, that's the evolution of the sport. I think for me, I think uh, knowing what I know now, like what Mark's saying, it, it wasn't like the best. I did get my ass kicked. Like, I remember coming back with my arms. just I couldn't flex them. I couldn't straighten them properly. And Nothing against those guys. It was just the intensity of every round. was just you get your ass kicked. Wow. Um, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it, it prepares you. It prepares, It's like those hard spine rounds that we do at a very specific time. Uh, within people's fight camps it kind of prepares you for it but yeah I'm not sure <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to go through it again I'd I, you know, like, like to train I'd like to go and visit there and do some classes you know and see how it's changed and stuff but I'm sure like with everyone else the progression in the sport has been such that we've kind of moved away like it's not hard sparring all the time I'm sure these gyms are the same you know
0: yeah yeah I think it was a different time when everyone was still trying to work out what works and what's the best way to do this do stuff yeah. I think we've gone through a bit of an evolution and um i think we've we've learned a lot of those painful lessons um so you know we we can train more intelligently um at at the time like it were just a case of just piecing everything together i mean we had like karate guys turn up boxers turn up judo guys turn up and it it would just everyone try to work out how how to put it all together so that you could do mixed martial arts in a way i mean I don't remember anyone not being a specialist you know like everyone was a specialist in something so you came from a striking background you know I've done a little bit more kind of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu side so everyone would just try to work stuff out I think we've we've now we're now at a point and I think in ten years time it'll be different again Um, I think everyone's sort of learned so must have been a lot more injuries back then you know what I think personally the reason why we could train like that is we were only training like that once a week so we would only have this this awful session once a week wow, Okay. Um, the rest of the time uh, uh, for a long time was once a week and we were quite young so like you, yeah. you're you able to bounce back like yeah I I wouldn't be able to do the training that we did back then at 40 yeah I, I it just it just would not work um, you do one a week and then you would spend the rest of the week trying to recover um, you know, it's, if you if you kind of look at you know impact sports like rugby and American football and things like that, where you've got continuous kind of you know um, contact between uh, you know fast moving uh, people, they they can only do that once a week, you know, and they only do it for a certain amount of uh, months as well. So throughout a season, um, you've got to look at sports like that. In my, in my opinion, where that's the evolution, that's what people are doing now. Where you're you phasing your training, so you've got yeah the hard sparring rounds which what which james has sort of mentioned that we 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 still do that we still have those but it's a lot more controlled it's it's a lot shorter intensity you know the svg guys um over in manchester like matt runs um a a fight session on a thursday uh, for the pro team and and the amateur team and you know it's that you've done it joe's done it as well so joe's been to it as well and it's 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 only for a short period of time because you're not really developing your skills. You just try to tighten up what what you need to do for your match. So, um, I wouldn't want to go back to that those days personally. I, I don't think it's the right thing, and I, I'm not sure if I'm not. I, I think it's a really good question. Yeah. Around you know does it does it teach you resolve and grit and that kind of thing? Because I think it definitely did, and and to a point there are some lessons there, but I think there are better ways of learning that
1: so how did competing feel when you were competing when you first started competing james what was that like compared to now and what got you into competing
2: Um, well i'd started competing from a really young age so there was like um, teams and singles divisions in karate competitions and i think i was about eight when i first started competing um, and you'd be matched up back then you were matched up according to like your height and your weight and i've always been quite tall so as a young kid i was quite tall um, and there's like a yellow and orange belt i was quite tall so you know i'd be fighting higher level belts and, and older and bigger kids quite frequently but i'd, I'd always competed I, I loved competing you know I, I joke sometimes me and andy white when we're talking about it not so long ago ever so often i can but for the majority of time it's hard to relate to the person who's walking in the cage or walking in the ring and and be really at peace with what we're about to go down. Do you know what I mean? It's it's weird. It's you know you guys understand it completely. You've both been there, but it's it's an indescribable feeling because you know, like ten seconds before they call you out, I'm ready to go home. I, I, I don't want to be there. Um, and I think probably you know it, it's something I've always felt. I've always felt that kind of nervous uh, energy. Um, but I I always loved competing. Um, I think it's so important. I think it's super important, you know, like some of the young lads I say up well, now, you know, if you only compete like once a year or if you only compete like a Jiu Jitsu comp- twice a year, it becomes a bigger issue. The more often that you can stay in touch with that nervous energy and that, you know, that, that feeling of nerves and excitement, the better because it becomes more commonplace. It never really fades. Mm-hmm. It's always there and I'm always cracking myself, you know, but the more often you can do it, the better it is. But I've always loved competing. I've always kind of seen it like as martial artists. I class myself as a martial artist, I guess. But I've always seen it as it's nothing personal. Like, I've never fought anyone, never competed in MMA with someone who I didn't respect. So there was never any issue like that. Cause I just I have no interest in that. But it was just a case of testing myself, and I had never had not. I've never had a problem with you know. If I win, it's it's cool, you know. And I, I always felt that it was very fleeting when you won win and you'd be like, yeah, okay, but if you lost you'd carry it around a little more and, and I always would do, but I always kind of see it as a contest it's just, am I better? Yes, no and, and it, you know, it hurts to lose, it sucks really bad, it's such a hard thing to take because it's two people in there, one person wins one well, loses and everyone's watching and everyone's got an opinion uh, but you know, once you get past that and you realise the only opinion that matters is like those who are in the gym with you, your teammates, family, that's cool but yeah, I've, I've always loved competing, always
1: so when you look back over your involvement in martial arts have you got anything that kind of sticks out as a highlight for you in any in any form so when you just look back over martial arts in general for you
2: yeah there's, there's so many i mean uh, i really enjoy coaching uh, i really do you know once you start coaching and those those uh, people you work with start achieving their goals that can be really really uh, gratifying and satisfying, like some of the things you've done, some of the things Joe's done. Conry Mark, I remember Conry Mark, like that—that that was a really amazing feeling. But weird, like he's my coach, and and I'm calling him, and like that—that that was, you know, there's so many. For for me personally, I, I, you know, I don't know, like maybe getting my purple belt in jiu-jitsu because I'd spent so much time grappling. Um, uh, you know, whether it was no gi, with the guys who I came up with in the gi. I spent so much time doing it, and it was finally nice to you know. I mean, getting my blue belt was big, but you know we hear the the thing with blue belts. So every other person's a blue belt, and people quit blue belt. And purple belt seemed like a massive achievement, like a, a real, a re, a real milestone. Because I, I, I would have been happy to be a blue belt forever, but it felt like a, a, a really big step up. Uh, so, so yeah, that rate. You know, I, I, five years ago this week, I got I got my black belt in kickboxing from from Martin. That that was a massive milestone for me because. I wasn't training regularly with Martin when I when he promoted me to black belt, you know, we're very close and we keep in touch and I'd spent a lot of my martial arts, come, you know, traditional side of my martial arts coming up under Martin and I'd moved into mixed martial arts and I wasn't getting a regular training with him and, you know, it was really nice to kind of, uh, you know, put that on, on my CV for lack of a better term, you know, I'd achieved that. And, you know, belts, belts are a weird thing in martial arts, you know. Uh, it, you know, I, I, how many times I've heard someone say, you've been doing Jiu-Jitsu how long? You're only a purple belt. Oh, my son's eight years old and he's had his black belt for like a year and you just think, it's very different. You know? Should you
0: oh. say, right, let's have a fight then? Where is, he? Where is little Timmy? Come on, Timmy. Put your belt on.
2: That's what I'd say. Uh, yes, yeah, so like, uh, coming coming up under Martin, who, you know, done a lot of judo, like, he, he did it the right way and like, you weren't guaranteed your belt. It wasn't like, pay your money, you get your belt. It was like, pay your money. if You suck, so, you don't get your belt. So, you know, getting my purple belt. Any, any, any belt I've got in Jiu-Jitsu has been fun. Um, yeah, just a lot of it's been coaching. A lot of my highlights are coaching. And, and by default, that's other people's, you know, what they've attained. Um, but, yeah, it's been some cool stuff.
1: <laughs> All right. So, what else have we got on here? So, um, we've talked about highlights um, and achievements. Um, obviously, you know, you've, you've talked about coaching as well. And... Obviously I think one of probably the biggest tests is coaching your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Mark can probably agree with that. I would say So <laughs> How do you how do you balance being a husband and the co and a coach? How does that work?
0: Don't say you're getting divorced. <laughs> Although that would be an exclusive. I don't believe that. <laughs>
2: It's something that takes an adjustment. So I know me and Mark have spoke about this. It's, you know, We had to find a point where we were husband and wife but on the mats and in the gym. We had to be coach and, and, and fighter. Um, yeah. and, and that was hard. You know, there'd be times where Joan maybe needs to push through and do another round. And I'd make it do another round. And she might have had a bad round. Afterwards, she'd come off the mat. And then we'd come home and we'd be cooking tea. And it'd be very quiet. <laughs> be, you know, It took some adjusting. she did a great job of understanding the criticism and the critique was to the athlete and not the person Um, and it's that thing, it's repetition, it was a repetition of going out there and I mean she was active, (laughs) she was really active so
0: I kind of like
2: yeah, you better get used to it quick Um, (laughs) Jiu Jitsu competitions like interclubs you know, fighting for titles or fighting at the IMAS, I'm always nervous because there's that brief second where it pops into my head she's my wife and i'm like right okay i remember her first fight was like you know spen was keeping me calm in the corner and uh she's in the cage and they're announcing the other girl and they're just about to fight and there was this brief moment where i was like what am i doing my so
1: i sorry go on what were that no it's just tricky it's uh
2: Lot of emotion involved coaching is really hard um, you know it's I've, I've coached for a long time I coached with with matt for a long time it really is hard you know you give a lot to yourself with the people that you work with and you put so much in um you know because you you, you know when people lose you can sometimes look at yourself and think like could i have done more should i push this should i push that so it, it, it is hard and you know Inevitably, you, you grow to care about the people that you, you know. You train and you coach with, you work alongside, you care about them. So, you know, I, I, uh, it, it's difficult at the best of times. When it's your wife, I feel it's heightened even more. I guess.
1: So, in terms of um, you two coaching together, because obviously, yeah. you know, it'd be interesting how many and many fights you've cornered together. Um, but, you know, you see, you, in my opinion, you have a very good dynamic. You seem to, you've got different. Traits and personality—you know—personality you know, personality traits that seem to complement well. And you know, is that something that happened very quickly, or have you gotten to, got to learn how each other of work works as a coach and in a, in each other's? You know, when you're in the corner. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I could read your
2: face, and I was thinking he's thinking the same as me. It uh-huh. kind of for me, it fell into place. Like it's funny. Um, one of the athletes at the IMAS. Uh, Said to me. I like how you guys work in a corner, and it's the same thing. Like unless it's you fighting for <laughs> Mark Michael generally lead You know, we're we'll walking there. You've got sixty seconds in theory, but you don't always have that sixty seconds because you've got to get in there, get the you know the, the fighter's breath back down so they're actually focusing, and then you've got to get out there before the round starts. So it's not always sixty seconds, but generally, you know, Michael in, he'll give the original in, uh, the initial instructions. I'll have the water. The fighter gets the water. I'll give my opinion and. While well, I'm giving my opinion, Mark last the third corner what they think, or, or vice versa, and it just kind of happened naturally. I think I don't know about you, mate. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think. Uh, well, if we just start off with approximate numbers of fights with corner together, <laughs> so I reckon we've done at least at least fifty IMAF uh, fights together. So we, we've cornered at least fifty people at IMAF. Um, and then i i wouldn't even know where to start i mean we must we must be what close to 50 a year just through falling kazan and S B G. at least you know through inner clubs and all sorts of stuff not including grappling competitions so i don't know i mean like i can't remember the first one we cornered together if i'm absolutely honest um for me like uh what, what i tend to do is in the corner we usually have a quick chat don't we so same sort of thing with Joe like if, if Joe's fighting then you take the lead or you know we, we did um, was it Lexi at IMFs yes. so yep. you, you, led, you led more with kind of Lexi and there were a few other people as well where we've cornered together and I can see that you've got a little bit of a better idea around kind of their game plan and things like that and we've done that Full in Kazan as well so you know there's been a good a good few occasions which i can think of where you've spent a little more time than i have working with this particular athlete you know it's not for any other reason that you know they, they've they kind of warmed to your style or we've said right you need to kind of work a little more with james because he's got you know the the, the game that's going to fit your style a little bit better um so usually i think for me whether it's a subconscious thing or not you know as we kind of run into the cage if i think the, the athlete's going to benefit more from your instruction because you're going to be able to relate a little bit more what's going on and, and their attributes i usually from what i can think of i would just give you a and like right you 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 lead you you go or we'll go in and say right james you you're getting corner and you uh you give the initial instruction and then what i might do is just reinforce what you say or if I've, i think there's somewhere else i might go right and this but it usually complements. it's not the opposite like we've both we both had to work corners where you know there's been me you and, and some random so like there's a good couple that come to mind which I can think of where you know a fighter's has insisted that a certain person comes into the corner because they've held pads in the woods once or something <laughs> like that or you know they've, they've done like three wrestling sessions with, with a guy who, who who's a master ninja or something or they live near him, or live near him. And, and we've just gone like they've been the difficult ones they're the ones that are really difficult where you know they they don't coach at the same club they they haven't gone through the process that we because we've got a nice little process that that we go through to develop fighters and we've been really successful at at, you know at every pretty pretty much every level so um that experience and, and and time spending you know in the corner with one another i think it makes it easy when that that person who comes in who who's just what the f- is this guy on about? You know that that they're the they're the more challenging ones. I know it didn't really answer the question. But...
1: Well, I, like from my perspective, I I've heard because I've been sort of maybe sometimes a third person or whatever, um, and obviously I just keep quiet in film or whatever. But like I've I've heard you two cornering together, and then I've heard you with someone else who maybe you don't normally corner with or or something like that, and the difference is worlds apart mm. like even when it's just listening to you both at cage side you know you don't talk over each other you you immediately seem to get what the other person is talking about or you'll both you know you'll both be on the same track but just one of you says it you seem to be very in sync whereas when i've seen it with somebody else you know they, they they'll be shouting something completely different they, they'll be just conning in a very different way that just doesn't gel and i kind of think if i were that fighter that would be hard work for me you know whereas when it's you two you know you don't need to work you just listen you know you just need to listen out and it's, there's no kind of trying to then figure out what what it is you're trying to tell me just an observation from my perspective i'm just interested to see what you guys thought about it i mean yeah
2: i agree i mean it's always easier cornering with mark uh, there's been times like through the i'm i have cornered with different coaches and it shows the quality of the coach because what that coach will say is maybe they've helped me with joe uh, if, if mark had have been able to come out And they'll go she's your fighter you know her best you lead i'll just kind of help out if i observe and and again even though you're not coaching regularly with that person they'll recognize where they need to interject and if they don't but like you said another time you've got someone screaming so maybe it's just a particular vernacular they use in their gym like a a term they have and they haven't gone through it with the fight and you'll see the fighter like looking out what are you on about you know like looking out of the cage and mm-hmm. yes it's tricky i mean it's you know there is an act to coaching some you know like like i think not not necessarily the best fighters are the best coaches and the best coaches haven't necessarily been the best fighters you know
0: yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a different discipline you know i think yeah. cornering um you know sometimes it it gets I, I i know i don't i hope it doesn't happen as much but Especially in the the beginning of kind of mixed martial arts, and my experience, like cornering was a free ticket. You know, it was a it was it, people used it to get access to the to the event. Um, yeah. Like I I, I take your know, cornering and coaching very seriously, and you know the people I tend to gel with, the people I've worked with quite a bit. Um, so like at the IMFs and and IMFs, you know I really enjoy coaching with different coaches. Um and well i i tend to do the same like if it's a coach who it's their fighter i i just show up you know like um th- there's a couple of coaches that i've, I've really enjoyed coaching with uh alex Himland's one um Al- alex was um it was really good just just listening to how alex coached his athlete uh, at the uh, at the world so uh, alex williams so i i really enjoyed that um uh, Steve from oh, where's he from? Steve from um reps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I really like cornering with Steve as well. So I, I think I must have done I don't know about eight bouts with Steve, and um, you know I really enjoy kind of listening to how he coaches. You know when when we were cornering uh, Connor uh, over at the Worlds in in America, um, his fighter Connor uh, Hitchin. Um, you know it. It was, it was really cool being in that, 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 that environment and just learning from, from Steve as well. I think the bit that I don't like is, is, is and it's not I'm not gonna name names or say people, but there are some people when you corner with them, it's just hard not to say something. It's hard not to take over a little bit. And I think, I, I don't know where it comes from, but I, I like to corner with someone who I have a little bit of a rapport with and it's not to say that I don't have a rapport with people but it's like it's weird coaching rapport isn't it you know like I'm not here just to hold the bucket or I'm here to listen and learn you know and I I don't know it's really weird to explain isn't it um yeah yeah yeah, cool okay let's move on from that before we start calling people out (laughs) but you know all the coaches that I'm talking about they have had success so they've had fighters um, who have been successful. So sometimes it's the fighter as well. So the fighter needs to be needs to have a coach who they can they can kind of work with who you know it yeah. makes sense for them and, and and that's the difficult bit with coaching as well, where you know you need to be able to um, find what works for that athlete. Yeah. There we go. It's true, true.
2: Different people respond differently. That's something you know. You've seen there's people who need shouting at, there's people who need slapping before they work out, uh, walk out. There's people who need a hug. Uh, but yeah, to so touch on that point, you're you learning those environments. You know, like you say, if, if, if the other coach is maybe working you know, or maybe it's someone from their gym, you can learn. I I, I learned standing in the corner with Lee Bound, who's was yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt coach Josh Mortram out uh, at the first tournament we went to. You know, he's, he's, he's a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu coach for Paul Sentex Daily. Nicest guy you meet. Super smart, you know. i learned a lot from Lee, Chris Reese, who again another amazing guy, uh, an amazing piss taker as well. Chris Reese is up there <laughs> taking levels. He has an ability to just wind Joe up and then he just stands there and watches us as I have to deal with it. But yeah, Chris just standing back and watching him. And yeah, you do, you know, it's it's been able to check your ego, realising like I can learn something from this, it's not necessarily about me. And in that environment, the IMAPs it was important to me what the athlete wanted If i wasn't needed to corner and i was you know someone would prefer me to be holding pads for him i'm happy to do that it's not one of these things where i want to be seen out there you know i'm happy in the back if the fighters want me in the back so yeah it's it, you know that's a different experience altogether isn't it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and i think you know we, in the past i've had a little bit of flack around how people um are selected to coach different athletes and and I think one of the things that 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 you've touched on there, which is really important, it has to be the athlete's choice. You know that's how we've approached it for every single that we've been to. You know we've gone and said, right, what do you want? Like, and we work really well where, you know, Ollie, uh, Sawa, you know, like he he, you know, he was a, a great kid to 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 call on her and stuff, and really suit your style. And we we just you know, and Colin as well. You know we're able to kind of you know do some really good stuff with with you know in all his corner and stuff and it has to be the athlete you know but you know and it has to be the athlete's choice but the the coach has to have the athlete you know be able to communicate with that athlete as well and sometimes yes. i think and i've seen it in the past where athletes have have got a coach who they've either picked or they've worked with for a long time and you can see that it's not the right coach it's not the right person they should be working with and you know we, we've had people kind of move around and you know join and leave and stuff like that and you know it's something that that you know at some times I've, I've had to speak to some athletes and go where you are in your career at the moment maybe you need to be looking at something different because i'm not sure if this is working for whatever reason um so as a coach you, you can't be selfish you know you're not there to be the man you're not there to to do that and i think that's where both kind of we're, we're really good at kind of just going okay I'm, if you don't want it it's fine you know it's, it's not a problem we can step back quite easily we're not looking to to have a 15 minutes yeah. of fame with every fight because we held pads with them once and you know i
1: think that's the difference isn't it you're not you're yeah. not there for the fame mate's the hardest thing is you've got that connection yeah. with the fighter. So oh, that's yeah. probably the hardest thing to then step away absolutely, from. absolutely yeah but I think IMAs are very different, aren't they? Because you've got, you know, I think that's an interesting different dynamic. I would imagine from a coaching perspective, because, you know, you know, you both um, coached at the IMAFs and it's a case of you're dealing with athletes you've not necessarily ever trained with. So you know, um, James, you're you're a coach for the women's team. So how has that felt doing that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the key is, I mean, when we first went out there, Joanne and myself, it was the. Uh open in Prague and uh, we arrived, um, Lee Bound arrived with Josh and they, that was the only coaching uh, team. Uh, wow. The team manager was kind of busy managing, doing other bits and bats, but obviously the fighters, some of them are arriving overweight, and it was kind of a baptism of fire, baptism by fire. You literally just got stuck in. It was like, this fighter's five pounds over, this fighter's seven pounds over. He's an 18 year old lad, he's never done much weight, quite. he's got a weigh in on consecutive days. Um, you know, everyone needs to work out. Remember me and Lee Bound holding pads and working people out on, on a landing um, on a landing of, a, of the hotel because the, the gymnasium was just too small to fit, even just Team UK as it was then. Um, but I think the key is just to be open, uh, receptive, and just kind of put yourself out there. Look, if you need me, I'm here. You know, if you want to have to move around, you know, because someone might work out with you and think, that doesn't work for me you know i have some i'm very specific when i would compete i would want something very specific and i would want to be left alone other than that very specific style and that person um so like you know someone might work out and then think don't work for me which is great again it's not about you it's about the athlete so you have to step back and say no problem but like um, you know you just grab some mates like do you need mates you need commit work do you need anyone hold pads do you want to move around have a pull about you know, someone to say yeah, yeah, no problem, and then you build up a rapport just naturally because they would realise that that style works for you. I mean, a young man who trains over at uh, Next Gen in Liverpool, uh, Ben Petches Kelly, it was funny because he, prior to the IMAS, he fought one of the lads from our gym, and he beat him, and he come up to me and he was saying that, uh, oh I, I, you know, I've just been training with Spenner and. You know, he was really nice. I beat one of his guys. I didn't make to be weird. And I was like, yeah, that, that's my teammate. I'm want to spend his teammates and the guy you knocked out. And he was like, oh, oh. And he was like, no, it's cool. And by the end of the week, he was really, you know, he was just so thankful that we were able to just coach him. And and and, and that's it. That's all you do. You go there, you coach. And if you need it, great. If you're not, you're not. And just be receptive. That's it, really.
1: So how many IMAS have you done now? <laughs>
2: um, so... We did uh, Prague, Bahrain, Romania, Bahrain, um, and then we did Italy and Bahrain, So I like had six. So do six.
1: Wow. So you're certainly an old hat that now, then. <laughs> I feel like I'm an old hat at everything. <laughs> but
2: yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's an amazing experience. Um, you know, like you say, it's, it's very much a condensed um, case of, of coaching. And sometimes you'll get athletes that return. Um, you know, like uh, Melissa Mullins was someone who's done a couple of tournaments, Alexi and Megan, so you get to build a rapport. But naturally, you kind of keep in touch when you when you leave the tournament as well, so you know, you keep an eye on those people and you look out for what they're doing. Um, but yeah, six tournaments now. Um, Joe keeps dragging me along, like, I, I might sit this one out so I know you're coming with us. Uh, of course, if, if any time you know, you're part of the ladies' uh, team, England team, anytime you'd be fighting, I'd be there anyway, so well, yeah, we'll just see
1: it is a lot of fun though i have to say is 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 i think they're strange in a way because they, they're very stressful it's hard work obviously it's very tiring for you guys um but you know i think it's such a good atmosphere when you're out there everyone has a blast i think it's it's a really interesting con- competition i love it yeah
2: uh, rome was interesting because obviously like we got to rome i think the day before you joanna and myself Joanne was yeah was fighting. so we get to rome and, um, and it's like on the campsites so in these campers like kind of caravans so they showed us where we were staying Joanne and myself and I literally could touch either wall just by like
0: <laughs> my arms but you I'm got like, long sexy oh, arms that's <laughs> your problem
2: <laughs> like we're not doing a week here so I, I went and spoke to him and I said look you know with the coaching staff and um, you know wait, there's four of us is there any way four of us can get in there uh, uh, a cabin together without consulting you guys. About <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, so we managed to get somewhere with like a kitchen area, it was obviously enough for food prep for Marie and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and we ended up living together in a caravan for a week, and no, no, no one died.
0: I
1: know. Actually, you know what? I was so impressed that we all survived that. I had a blast.
0: <laughs> yeah, we good. Yeah, we're really good. I think. I think. What? What? are People? You know Like I, th- I don't, well it's a lot of hard work you know it's a lot of long hours um you know you do build a rapport with, with with the the guys and i think that's just in our nature to kind of try and help people and and do that which which means you are working some some crazy hours like up at six and back at eight and you're grabbing a pizza or something whatever's whatever you can grab on the way um i think i think uh, yeah uh, the, the good the fun you get to meet some good people and have a, a nice time uh, sometimes you end up babysitting people at the entrance of uh, a campsite um, but luckily that guy is now uh <laughs> I, th- I think i think we're family <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah it's yeah good uh, good times yeah yeah
1: i've got to say that about the sport i think you create some very good memories out of it and you meet some good people as well. I, I, I
0: like it. Yeah. The, the iMass for me, like, you know, I, it, it, it's such a... It, I've never really experienced anything like it because it's a week long. Uh, you know, it, 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 you've you got people from all over the world with different customs and different approaches to, to everything. You've got um, a group of people from the UK. Some of them you you probably train with once if you're lucky and you try to build a rapport and you try to help them and support them. You're cutting way you know you're doing you know weird shit like you know try to find a little bit of food for them or you know sauntering in some odd place or it's you know pa- jogging past a llama every day it, it just creates so many different experiences in such a short period of time that you come away i don't think you really appreciate until like a couple of weeks after when you've had time to to sleep um but yeah and, but the people as well who work at the IMFs like you know, you got uh, Ricky, uh, Ricky Wright, who, who who's an absolute legend. Um, you know, I, I know your first experience of Ricky was uh, was quite an interesting one in Vegas. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. What, what were your initial opinion of Ricky? <laughs> Nick,
2: I love Ricky Wright. Ricky Wright knows this. I told him because the first time I met him we were in Vegas when we were over there for USC 200. And he was just, he was excitable, let's say. And then the next time I met him was in Romania when all the Welsh team were part of the UK. And I'm sat like I am now talking to Chris. And Ricky comes in front and sits in front of me with his back to me. A, you know, he didn't realise maybe I was part of
0: it. Maybe he so, wanted you put to push up against him.
2: <laughs> maybe. i like ask Dude, you know what? You're a good guy, but I hated you when I first met. It's like, why? Because he's such a sweetheart, Ricky. Yeah. I love Ricky. Uh, uh, you know, I can be a grumpy bastard at times, I'm sure. But uh, Ricky was like, why? What did I do? When I told him, he was like, oh yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, I would have hated me too. But um, he kind of broke the ice because after all that, he was. He, he seen that we were talking to you on Facetime. And he ran over while Joe and I were having breakfast. I so i was like oh, he's okay then. <laughs> i love ricky i
0: love ricky right yeah. <laughs> um so the the elephant in the room it's time <laughs> it's time to discuss this okay what do you think we need to discuss or what do we need to bring up and, and put out to the public the fact that i had my hair cut i know it's a bit of a you pull it off good, you pull it off good, but it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the old ego The Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. How up. on earth? We all know why this happened. Look at him. Just, everyone, you've got 30 seconds just to appreciate the man meat that is big, sexy. The hottest guy. Oh, no. We've we're going to cut out We're going to cut minute out. Minute. Are we <laughs> having to have about Big Sexy? No. We're going to we're gonna have to do a part two, I think, aren't we? I think we need a part two. Part two. Part two, we're going to start off discussing why. You know why. Just look at him. You've got one minute 38 to appreciate the sexiness, <laughs> the big sexiness of James Doyle. <laughs> Nothing. we <laughs> not. <laughs> We are talking. So we're going to have to do a part two. We've gone over an hour, so... Yeah, it it's cuts g- us off. It's going it to cut you know. us off. So part two, the big sexy story. Make sure you've got your tight Valetudo pants or some loose linen shirts on. Otherwise, you're going to be too hot. This guy will raise the temperature by at least four degrees You've been warned. This is a warning. We don't want any lawsuits for heat stroke because we bring him back. Look at that, even he's too warm. Jeez. Anything I finish with before we... we... You're
1: looking forward to the next chat,
0: James? <laughs> no. I'm looking forward
2: to the fights next week. I need some fights in my life. So I'm looking forward to the fights. And I'm making
0: I'm baking brownies. Oh.
1: I made chocolate chip cookies this week and they were amazing. I well impressed with them.
0: So, safety tip for you, James. Okay? If you're going to be using a hot stove <laughs> and you're going to be in the room as well, I want to see a fire extinguisher. Okay. Four degrees plus 200 degrees, which is what you normally bake brownies at. That's going to start a fire, kid. This has been... <laughs> Get on the pony. With this guy right here. James doll, we're gonna get cut off. You got five seconds. Suck it in. Lap it in, guys.
1: (laughs) Thank you, James.